everyone and welcome to another episode of the Giving Hope Podcast. On today's episode, I had the wonderful pleasure of interviewing one of my favorite TikTokers and Instagrammers on family counseling, Ruth Hahn. I know you're going to enjoy all of her advice and please be sure to follow her after the podcast is over. This is Hope with Ruth. Welcome to the Giving Hope Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thanks so much. I am thrilled to be here too. Yes, it is so cool because I started following you and it's been like almost like a running joke for myself. All the people that I've interviewed, I've been like following them on Instagram or on TikTok and I'm just like, wow, they're so amazing. I need to have a conversation with them. And you were that person. It was like, oh my goodness. As soon as I saw you on TikTok, I went over to your Instagram, started following you on Instagram. And then I was just like, y'all got to listen to this lady she is so wise and it's so like perfectly timed and I know there's an algorithm and I know there's all that stuff but it's perfectly timed for what we need to hear right now Mm, I I believe thank you thank you so much I appreciate that encouragement yes of course so tell us a little bit about yourself um from the beginning your life your marriage kids and all that good stuff from the beginning well well, you know, as um, beginning as you want it to be. <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Ruth Hahn. I am currently a mental health psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. I see clients working with issues such as anxiety, depression, marriage, family conflict, you know, mm-hmm. just the things that you think of when you think of counseling. I also work part-time right now as a career and academic counselor at a private Christian school. So awesome. that's what I do right now for, I'm not even going to say a real living because it takes a while to get up there. Um, my husband obviously works, but my husband and I have been married for 27 years. At the awesome. beginning, I've, um, I took some seminary classes, but I just wanted to have a family more than anything. So we, ha- we started our family. I've been a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. Mm. I thought that I would care for my kids and then put them in school, but God called me to homeschool. I stayed Mm -hmm. home, homeschooled my kids K through 12. Uh, They have graduated from college. They are now working adults. In that time, Mm -hmm. I've worked part-time as a children and youth pastor. I've always been serving in church in one way or another. And, um, And then I've done little things here and there, you know, when people would ask me like to help them with college applications and things like that, but it's always been around centered around kids young adults, Mm -hmm. families, teenagers. Yeah, Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. I've had that same, I have that same background. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm a music teacher, but I've had Mm -hmm. like working and watching kids and interacting with them. I also homeschool. Um, Mm -hmm. My youngest is 16 and my oldest is 21. And um, yeah, so what, what made you decide to homeschool instead of doing the public school route? Well, this was, I mean, as you know, back then when we decided homeschool, we didn't have the internet or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. I went through public school and it was such a bad experience for me. Right. It was just, Uh and there were so many issues with it. And Mm -hmm. I was in turmoil thinking about putting my kids in school, but obviously as I mean, an Asian American, I mean, not only Mm -hmm. did I want them in school, my husband, they were supposed to be in the best schools, academic success and all of that. But I just could not wrap my head around it. I'm Mm -hmm. sure some of it was my own personal trauma. But Mm -hmm. also my biggest struggle was how am I going to lead my children to Christ and have an influence on their life when they're gone every single day? 
Right. And I could not put that together, especially because up to that point, I've worked with kids and I see just the conflict within themselves between religion and what school teaches and all of this. And it's just not what I wanted. So I started praying. I started praying because I was like, there's no way God wants me to be this upset over this. Right? So what <laughs> right. he's going to do is he's going to bring me the perfect school. He's just going to lead me to the perfect school. And so I started praying and praying and praying. And within two weeks, I got my parents magazine subscription. In mm-hmm. it, there was like a multi-page article on homeschooling, which I had never met a homeschooler. I hadn't. I mean, I knew it existed, but it just right. like existed like the way that like people walk on the moon. Like it was just out there, right? <laughs> like nothing. I, yeah. Yeah. It was just there, but they, they had featured many families and every family they, they gave a reason as to why they homeschooled and every single reason answered all of my doubts, all of mm. my questions that I brought mm-hmm. before God. And I was like, Lord, is this what you're telling me to do? There's just no way. Like there's just no way because I struggled right. so much in school too. Like, Mm. that's the other thing. I didn't know anything about how to teach a child or, and I struggled. I was like, there's just no way you could be telling me to do this. And like I said, there was no Google, there was no internet. So I started praying again. And I said, if you Mm. want me to go down this path, you're going to have to bring someone like in real life, like a human being into my life. And sure enough, two weeks later, I met my first homeschooler. Wow. I think it's so amazing to me that so many women think that they think, oh, I can't homeschool. I can't, oh, that I can't teach my kids. I'm like, you taught a little blob of a human being how to talk, yeah. walk. You're yeah. basically a, fear, a physical therapist and a language therapist, like a speech right. therapist. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you've done so much. You grew a human being in your womb. You grew lungs. Like I'm sure God can equip you yes. <laughs> and you can have the brain power to teach them. A says, ah, and later on, it's that spells apple, you know how to, you know, it's just, it just always amazes me. But it, I think it goes back to that. And we'll get into this too, about that anxiety and fear that we had when we were kids yeah. and the, the fear of not, of letting our children down, like we were let down maybe. Right. And we try to overcompensate. So we think, oh, well, I have to push that into knowing that we have probably have an anxiety because I know I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I pulled my son out at, in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I tried homeschooling in kindergarten and I was just like, oh, he's not going to get social interact. And of course, I wasn't around other homeschoolers. I didn't know that there were programs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had that doubt and that fear. So he was in public school from uh, first grade because I did kindergarten, first grade uh-huh. until sixth grade. And then he started getting bullied horribly. Aww. in the fifth grade. And then finally I had enough. I was like, listen, I only have one Nicholas. And I told the principal, I mean, I'm very sassy. You'll get to know that later. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, I only have one son and she was trying to calm me down. I was like, no, ma'am, you need to understand that I'm the one and my husband are the one that have to stand before God on how he turns out. And I am not going to turn a blind eye to this. Amen. I, and, and I took, and I brought him home because I saw the culture of that day just influence him in such a negative and he was changing it right before my eyes to this yep. person that I didn't even recognize. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, no, no, no. I didn't go through nine months of labor and sick and, and all this stuff to bring this big old child into the world for the world just to destroy him. That's you right. Mm-hmm. So that's right. So anyways, and, yeah. yeah, no, that's amazing. And that's exactly it. I mm-hmm. think we are just so, I don't know, I don't want to use the word brainwashed, but led to believe that yeah, everything in close. life is so compartmentalized, <laughs> right? Like right. public school teachers do their job because they're trained and all of this. But in the end, we are the teachers. Exactly. We, are, we are the ones 
that will suffer when our children suffer. We are the yes. ones that have skin in the game, right? Yes. Like yes, I'm not 100%. saying that I'm not saying that there aren't teachers who care and all of that, but if my child falls away from the Lord, like how does it affect their life? <laughs> exactly. And that was my biggest thing. It was yeah. them falling away from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's big. That was the number one thing. Mm-hmm. And it and it's so sad that so many women mamas and fathers, you know, they, a lot of them make the decision and I get there's a lot of single moms out there that financially think, you know, I can't do it because I have to be working, but that, um, that fear of, you know, they still have that fear of yeah. how, how are they going to turn out if I, if I keep, keep doing this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's really awesome. I love that you do that. I love that more and more families are starting to do that. And I think that's why I, I picked up on you so fast. Cause I'm like, this is exactly what a lot of these parents need who are pulling their children out of school. You need that encouragement to someone to come alongside them yeah. and say, okay, now we're here. How do we handle this behavior? How do we handle this behavior? Because culture has um, formed our children's brains. The the filter that they put over their eyes is so toxic, oh, and so yeah. um, and and it has such a stronghold on them. So having mm-hmm. that voice to to guide and lead alongside because you've already raised your children is like you're the you're even though your name is yeah. Ruth, you are you know a Naomi mm-hmm. to, yeah. <laughs> to to a lot of women because yeah. you've been there, you know. So yeah. why did you feel specifically why did you feel called to this area, you know, even though your children did you do this before you had kids? Were you no. already in this okay. No. I mean I've always obviously like I said work with kids and ministry mm-hmm. but in terms of how vocal now I've become in terms of talking about homeschooling, talking mm-hmm. about parenting, talking about mental health like all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, these are things that I have practiced in my life like right. you know on a quieter personal type of level mm-hmm. but in terms of putting myself out there now and this getting so much bigger than I ever thought Right. It's because my kids are grown. And mm-hmm. if you look at my TikTok, I started January of this year, but that's because that's at the point where I realized my sons are going to be okay. They're going to graduate. Mm-hmm. They've all declared their faith in God and yeah. accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. Because the one thing that I struggled with so much when I was younger was watching other people. And then they would give all of this like marriage and parenting advice, but mm. it all seemed very superficial in some way. Like they would yeah. say like, you know, meet your husband at the door with lipstick when you, when he comes home or like oh when you gosh, raise yes. your children, you do this and that. But yeah. these were not like really getting into the root of some of the things that I was I was struggling with in my marriage and with my child raising and with homeschooling and things like that. And then I didn't right. know if what I was doing, if my kids were going to rebel, if they were going to be like, I hate you for what you've done and how you've raised <laughs> us. I just I mean, I knew yeah. and I was going to sacrifice my life for my kids. Mm, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said for someone who's already walked it. And then I am like in certainty, like can point certain things out Mm -hmm. and I feel so much more confident. And then when you go out there and then you start teaching and stuff, if you, if you haven't kind of gone through it, people, and then when you fail or when you fall, people will just tear you apart, which I understand. Mm -hmm. And so for me though, there are things that I did, um, you know, struggles I had with my kids, how I worked through it, that I just wasn't ready to openly share because I just wanted mm. to focus on my kids. I didn't want to bring them into it. And um, yeah. 
And then now that they're grown and I have their permission, of course, to talk more about it. And then they're grown and I'm also pouring myself fully into my community, you know, other kids and all of that as in my work, I feel a lot more um, equipped to be able to Mm -hmm. share and to talk. And even with the homeschooling too, that was a struggle because I didn't know how they were going to quite turn out because I'm Korean. And so there was a lot of pushback for me homeschooling because of the academic pressures that Asian face, right? Like Asians, they want the best of the, yeah, Asians come here, like our parents came here for the education and it was just unheard of. Like, what are you talking about? You are going to fail them. You are going to like set them up for never succeeding. And just, it was just a lot. And I, even in my church, which was a Korean church, and I would share with some people like, but how are we going to lead our children to Christ? Like, look at the schools around us. They just couldn't put that together. For them, right. it was like, and you, I'm like, you're all Christians, but like you worship the Ivy League more than you worship, like just, I'm not going to say worshiping God, but just in terms of you are more concerned about what college they're going to go to when, you know, and they're like little elementary kids. You're more worried about what college they're going to go to rather than are they going to be walking with the Lord? And the statistics are pointing mm-hmm. out that the chances are pretty high. They will not. So what are we going to do about that? And they were just looking right. like, what? So what's going on? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Was, and I just couldn't mm-hmm. put that together. And so I didn't know how it was going to, it, it was a lot of drama. I mean, there were a lot of struggles and hardships going through it because of that. And, um, mm-hmm. but when I was finished, you know, like I said, too, one of the reasons why my husband didn't want me to homeschool was because I failed algebra one twice. Yeah, I, I barely made it through geometry. I didn't know anything about it. I never took a lab science. I struck when I say I struggled in school, I struggled in school. Amen, and sister. So, I'm right there. Yeah, <laughs> I was right and there. The thing is, is, I'm like, well, I'm a public school kid. Like, this is my education. And I'm like, right. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And he's just like, I know, but you can't like do that. And, but God has been so faithful and I had to kind of carry it through the end because not only have my children all accepted Christ, but they all are so well educated and I got them through every single subject to the highest levels. And when my daughter, awesome. she got, she got into the Ivy league, she attended an Ivy league mm-hmm. school. And I still remember getting that acceptance letter and it was more of God saying, you see, Ruth, I gave see? you everything. <laughs> that wasn't yes. like the thing. You see it, what that I was can like, do? <laughs> that was my worldly reward. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that was that was more of me getting that to show people that in the end, keeping my children home and teaching them myself was more important, but that God was going to give me the bottom things too. You know what I yeah. mean? And when she got in, everything changed for me. Like I finally felt like, I can't believe I did it. I right? can't believe that this was actually what God was telling me all these years, that his voice was so clear, you know? And then all the people who prior, like literally it was like within a day, like prior to that, I'm an idiot. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. The next day I'm so smart. I know everything. And so I'm just like, whatever. Like, I don't need that. Right. <laughs> I can do this. Yes. But God I'm has been so good. And now it's like being able to share that. Like people look at me and they're like, well, you're Asian. Of course you're good at math. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I don't know how to do fractions. <laughs> like, I don't know percentages. I don't, I never, I failed all math, but God, if you, by the mm-hmm. sweat of your brow 
And by the grace of God, you can do it. Yes, always, always, always. We have Mm -hmm. to always remember that. It is so amazing to me how fast we forget that and we forget that how far we've come in our um, just growth whenever Mm -hmm. we've experienced the things that we've experienced and learn the things that we've learned. I'm sorry. I'm walking outside for just a minute. Yeah, sure. (laughs) My husband, my husband's about to start playing drums. So I'm going to a different area. So I don't hear the drums. (laughs) Okay. So, um, yes, that, that I tell, I tell moms that all the time. I'm like, listen, you've, yes, you've, you were poor at, um, math, but you've gone through it and you know how, how struggle with that. So yeah. God will give you creative ideas that wasn't given to you while you were in school to be able to help your child. Oh yeah. And, and not only that, but the tools that were available are available now yeah. compared to what they were then is astronomical. We oh, have, yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. are so blessed right now. This is the mm-hmm. time. If you're going to homeschool, homeschool now yeah. because there's on everything resources are, are, are wild. Oh. So whenever you were, um, whenever you were going through all this stuff and teaching um, your kids how to go through, you know, just not being the public school kids and, and, and balancing that. Um, when you talk about um, battling depression and battling anxiety, I know my oldest, my youngest, well, both of my kids actually went through a phase of, um, of struggling with that because they felt alone sometimes don't get me wrong kids in public schools feel alone too yes everybody uh who's going to be like see that's why you know (laughs) a lot of children in public school are committing suicide all the time because they feel like no one's listening to them so please don't get on that people who are listening please don't get on that soapbox (laughs) but how 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 do you see whenever um going from whenever our you know, having a kid in their twenties now, 20 years ago, battling with depression and anxiety with school pressures and just life pressures and not having friends. Do you, have you seen like a change from then to now, how much more, or do you feel like it's about the same whenever, cause you work with kids every day in that area, mm-hmm. don't you? Yes. And so yeah. if you're talking about like, is there more mental health concerns with kids yes Mm -hmm. I would have to say yes I do think so Mm -hmm. um and I and this is my just my own personal opinion but I do think a big part of that is just social media which my kids did not have growing up Mm -hmm. so that exacerbates it beyond what any of us can actually really imagine to some degree because the kids I work with now, they struggle with the anxiety. They struggle with the depression. When my kids did, it was possible just to kind of, and, and then on top of that, because we homeschooled, it was possible to kind of block out other noise and just talk with my children, give them right. some t- downtime, give mm-hmm. them. And then with homeschooling, the beautiful thing about that is giving them actual time to go through their struggles, to think about it, to listen to music, to relax, take time off, whatever it is that they needed to do in order to heal and to be Mm -hmm. able to connect again with their inner voice. I'm not going to say God because when they were younger, uh, you know, for me, we continually witnessed to God. 
we continually witness to our children about God, but while they are young and they're growing, they are talking to themselves. They are talking to their voice in their head that sounds like mom or dad, right? Like it's things like that. And so for them to be able to kind of make sense of all the different things that they're hearing and feeling, we are, we were able to give them that, that quiet. And, Mm -hmm. but kids these days do not have that. And it is overwhelming. Even when I talk to them, because they are inundated with comparisons, inundated with negativity, with hate, with people showing off, with um, all of the peer pressure, the drama, the bullying, and it just doesn't stop. And they can't get away from it. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. And I had actually said this before to somebody, and, it, and I think it just drives it home even more to me. When I moved... Or like, and then when I left high school, for example, I experienced a lot of bullying in high school. It was done. I don't know where those people are, right? Like I have never, I haven't seen them again since because we didn't have Facebook. But kids these days, if somebody is bullying you, if you're having stress with attention with a friend, they can't get away from it. It's constant. And then they come in and they're like, oh, Samantha, she made a TikTok and I know she was talking about me. It's things like that. Or then, oh, I saw Mm -hmm. this post that she put up a quote and I know he was saying something about me and it just doesn't stop for them. And it makes them feel so self-conscious and they can't run, they can't hide. And then the pull of it, like, you know, if you could have an ear into what people were saying about you, why wouldn't you listen, right? Because Mm -hmm. you just can't. And you just, you, you just are so pulled to it. Even when we tell our kids to stop. And then even... When you're fighting with a friend, they could drop you a text, right? They could drop you a text right. or a snap, and then it's just left like that. And then they don't respond for like six days. And the anxiety that happens in that time when you're waiting for a response, it's stressful. Right. It's very much so. Very much so. I, can, I see it with my own children um, whenever they got their phones. Of course, we didn't do phones. When did you start doing phones and stuff with your kids? Well, I got my oldest, her first cell phone, um, like an iPhone when she was about 14 or 15. But I did that specifically because all the other kids had one at church. That was actually mm. the big thing, right? Everybody else had, yes. had a church and she felt awkward. And I, and when I, because I was homeschooling my kids, I tried in whatever other ways I could to not make them have to stick out too much, but right. we had it really locked down. Like I said, this is for when you just go out and you're just hanging out with the girls. But when you come home, it's put away, it's this and that. And they were totally fine with it. And, yeah. um, and so that's the other thing too, with social media and technology, because I was willing to give it to them at earlier ages than I think some other kids, we could draw stronger boundaries around it. Right. But back then, yes. too, while they had it, they didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Snap. So even that mm-hmm. adds another layer to it that my kids didn't struggle with. Right, right. We we um, didn't do it until we they could afford it. I was like, yeah. you're not going to get a phone until you can pay for your phone. Yeah. Um, so that that was our that was our stipulation. But mm-hmm. we had it to where, you know, like you did, you know, after a while, it's like, OK, let me have it. And he gave us an attitude about it. I'm like, now, see, this is why, you know, we would have a conversation and say, this is why we don't allow phones. Yeah. yeah. This is why. It's, it's hard. It's so hard. I mean, like. Yes, it and is. The, and, the, and, and, you know, and as homeschoolers, we're able to put some stronger boundaries around stuff like that. But then for people whose kids are in public school, 
the kids are online the whole time, as we know, especially with the year of COVID, like the kids are online all the time, like even for school. Yes. So you can't even say, yes. just go do your work because they're still connected. Right. Yes, all the time. And then they all, we found out because we had, and we've talked about this, I'm not telling on my children, but we had issues with porn, um, mm-hmm. having two boys and, um, and we, we found out that it wasn't just phones. It was Nintendo DSs and mm-hmm. it was um, game systems. It was chat rooms and video games that they were playing. Yes. I mean, it's everywhere. And we noticed whenever the boys were more involved in those things, their depression and their anxiety skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more they were around those, all those different voices, all those different opinions, all those uh-huh. different, ne- all that different ne- negative feedback that they were receiving from just strangers. Yes. From, mm-hmm. <laughs> from, Absolutely. From I mean, don't you, don't you notice that for yourself too? Like when you're oh, just definitely. on social media more and I tried to, I know I'm on it, but mm-hmm. like I tried to limit my time so much because I get more depressed. If I, yes. if I start checking comments first thing in the morning, I'm, my whole day is just darker. Yes. There's just so much drama. You can get caught up with that. Mm-hmm. And so for our kids, you, you know, like, it's like what I was saying about high school. Like you, for us, we could leave the bullies behind the people we don't like the people we have conflict with, and we can start a new life, but our kids can't do that. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing even now with them that, you know, we went to one high school, they go to a worldwide high school. If there is a right. girl who's being picked on, then her bully can can pull in a friend from another school and then they all pile on and it just continues on and on and on. It's just crazy for our kids and they can't get away from it. Yeah, yeah. What, what are some markers? I know I mentioned one, but what are some markers that you would advise parents to look out for whenever noticing and addressing depression in their child? I think what you said, like you can see that they're just spending more time on stuff and then they stay have more attitude or things like that. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to say because every p- parent knows their child the best. Mm-hmm. And there are kids where you would be shocked at how well some kids can hide it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. so That's true. I would say follow your gut. Like we can kind of tell when right just mm-hmm. something is off. Right. Like. Just the mm-hmm. way that they may turn their body just a little bit more, pulling away their phone screen, whereas normally you're like, you never did that before. And mm-hmm. this helps because we do, obviously, as homeschooling parents, spend a lot more time with our kids. But I could tell if they were a little bit more tired, seeming, what were you doing? Right? Like, why are you tired? Um, or right. just the kind of things they may say that didn't seem normal. But it's those kind of little nuances that I think parents just have to be able to pick on. Of course, there's things like behavioral changes, changes in a friend group. And I can say all those things, those big, obvious things. But in the end, a parent knows their child the best. Yes, 100%. I always tell parents the same thing. I will say like up here, we have students from all walks of life coming up and taking music lessons from us. And, um, I sit with many, many parents. I've sat with parents through divorce and everything. And they'll say, you know, they're pulling away. They're not talking. They don't really want to come to music anymore. And it's like, well, you know, your child, you, I say, follow your gut. And a lot of times they make them stick it out because they know that we're a positive influence, you know, with Jesus here Mm -hmm. at the, at the store. But, Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you know, I'll be praying for you, but 
you need to talk to them. Have That's an right. open, like, it might be scary and might not go like, you know, little house on the prairie or seventh heaven where they sit there. You're right, dad. I need to change. You know, like <laughs> it's not going to work out that way. Sometimes, sometimes they're going to hate you for a few weeks or, yeah. you know, it's like, so it's going to be a, you know, cause the enemy wants your child. That's right. The devil wants your kid and mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't go, Oh, you're enlightened. Let me yep. pull back the reins a little bit. No, he's going to be right. like, Oh, I'm going to fight you even more. Cause I want them to go to hell because yep. that'll destroy your family. Um, mm-hmm. So I just tell them, stand your ground and get God right in the middle of it and That's right. talk. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So why do you think it's such a, why do you think it's such a hard issue, such a still a taboo issue in the church to talk about that kind of stuff? Because I know many parents who would think you would think no better or, or want to address it as believers, not really want to talk about it mm, at all. About ment- about like things like mental health, like depression. mental health. Yeah. Or just even like porn or, you know, um, sexual immorality, just like really any topic that any of their children are facing or that might poison a family. Yeah. It's like, we want to like, hush, hush, hush. I know like being from the South, that is huge. Mm. You know, Oh honey, we don't, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Oh honey, we, we don't talk about that. You know, I've, I've actually been physically like hush. We like told not like innuendo, like, suggested but actually told to be quiet we don't talk about those things those are private matters between you and jesus do you see that like changing or do why why do you you know it's i just think it's always so crazy because i believe the reason why we're where we are today is because the church doesn't talk about it because the church has the answer that's right no you are absolutely correct i mean the only thing i can always just get it down to is just people are feeling ashamed of it it's shameful. <laughs> it makes us feel so incompetent. It makes us feel so uncapable of helping our kids, mm-hmm. of of um, of not of not having the perfect marriage, and all of that kind of stuff, and all the struggles with it. And then when we do have problems, they go to we'll go to who? Like a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. We go to a church leader and we tell them these things, and then and then they're like, you just have to pray more. You know, you're just not faithful. You know, you need to, you wife need to submit. You husband, you need to take more of a leadership role. And, you know, let me make it clear that I believe that scripture is the inerrant word of God. It has the answers to all of our ills. But then the one thing I've always said was that it doesn't kind of give us step-by-step instructions on how to deal with certain things, right? (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, And that's where, for me, I needed to find more step-by-step directions to get to where God wants us Mm -hmm. to be. And not because he doesn't love us or anything. I'm assuming there's, you know, just only so much he could say, you know, like in a scripture that we would read or whatever, you know, I'm joking, but it just, (laughs) it doesn't give it to us. And then people, they just want to distill down our issues into whatever makes them look good and to whatever is easier, or you just need to submit. But no, like, you know, there are some serious marriage problems we're trying to work through and we need your help. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. nobody is able to do it and they don't know what to say. And that's where yeah. like people don't want to talk about childhood trauma. They don't want to talk about certain struggles and they don't want to talk about the sin nature that we have that stumble us in our walk. They just want to put forth this great face like Instagram, you know, like mm-hmm. social media. And they don't want to look yeah. at the hard questions and they don't like doubt and they don't want to be able they don't want to be able to say like i don't know but this is still what i yeah. believe because it makes them maybe feel weak like they don't know anything and that's where 
I'm just like, well, it isn't working. (laughs) It's not working. We have some serious problems with our kids, with our families, within our church. And Mm -hmm. um, that's also one of the reasons why, though, when I went for my master's, I went the secular route. I got uh, mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, clinical mental health counseling training. I could have gone to seminary, which I believe in. But for me, I wanted to see, like, I wanted to be like, how do these non-Christians heal their mental health issues? Like, where do they get the answers and stuff? And so I learned that way. But even with that, Mm -hmm. I learned that it all leads back to God. It all leads back to his word. But with the things I learned in school, it gave me more like step-by-step, like talking with a person, listening to them, accepting them, working through childhood trauma issues, helping them to straighten out some of their thoughts and their confusion. And then it makes it so much easier for them to see God. Yes, 100%. That is good. That is so good. And but people just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to be able to get, get it out in the open and have somebody, honestly, well, you have somebody that you can pinpoint, like you said, you've got the, the secular aspect of it where you can pinpoint, well, your brain chemistry does this childhood traumas because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what happens in whenever you have neural pathways developing and mm-hmm. all those things of mm-hmm. patterns of behavior and muscle memory and, and all that stuff that happens over time and just cultural and you have, um, you know, racial and national, and there's so many things that add contributors to our behaviors over the years. And that doesn't even include trauma. Yes. You know, it's like, that's just like the basic I'm here. Mm-hmm. That yeah. doesn't include the trauma part of it, but to be able to understand that and then couple it with, and now the, this is what God says. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> this is what God says about your mind. This yeah. is what God says about your words. This is what yes. God says about your trauma. This is yes. what God says. And look what, how God sees you, even though you did X, Y, and Z, look how much God loves you and right. he can heal you, but you need to come to someone like me so we can talk about it and get all that out. And I can, you know, mm-hmm. um, to yeah. be able to offer that and to be able to, um, give somebody an avenue to vocalize that is so important. I have many women, especially in my family. I have quite a few women who are bipolar in my family and I have a lot of women in my family who, um, who've had childhood trauma and manic depressive. Like it's, it's, it's pretty strong. Um, Unfortunately it's pretty strong in my family, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it, the ones who have overcome it are the ones who have coupled counseling and Jesus. That's right. The ones who are still, they'll have good days, but a lot of the bad outweigh the good are the ones who are always clinically trying to do things. They're trying to find the one person that has the answer, the one thing, the one chemical, the one this, the one that, the one relationship to help mend that. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's, I I believe, because I've seen it and I've experienced it, I'm sure you have too, Mm -hmm. is bled over into the church Mm -hmm. where you have pastors who are ill-equipped clinically and deacons and leaders and teachers who are unequipped clinically. So they don't know how to verbalize what's really going on then. But they all, all, like you said, is like, I'll just pray. Yes. Read some, Mm -hmm. read some scripture and it'll be just fine. Well, yeah, it will. But how, if you don't have the thought or the emotional strength 
to understand those scriptures or even accept those scriptures because yeah. you, mm-hmm. you haven't healed yet or haven't even opened up that door yet. Right. You're literally just slipping pieces of paper underneath a locked door and hoping that you'll be able to free the person on the other side. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Like with pastors, you know, and this is where I struggle because, um, you know, my friends have gone before when I was younger and stuff, and we had a lot of marriage concerns. We're always talking about marriage. And then I had friends who go to pastors and I, and then they would come back and tell me what the pastor said, I was like, what? I had one <laughs> friend who traveled several States to see this pastor that we all had heard speak before, but they wanted his marriage counseling and it was completely whack. And then recently he came out, it came out that of all of the abuses that have occurred in his church since, you know, and I'm like, that's Mm. who we're getting kind of spiritual advice from. So then I'm saying like, this is where then we have to, and I'm not saying that counselors don't have problems too. They do. But when those pastors and people in the church just keep saying, just pray about it, or you should have forgiven him. You should forgive the person who's assaulted you. This is not what I believe Jesus would want. And I, no. I know it. Jesus confronts yeah. people. He tells people, like, I know you've had five husbands or I know your sin, but I love you anyway. And there's a healing when a person mm-hmm. knows you, when a person understands and listens. And sees you, yeah. And sees mm-hmm. you and, and cries with you, mm-hmm. right? And that's the other thing too. And in therapy, that's what I've learned, even with trauma. People just want to be able to voice it, to mm-hmm. voice their anger, to voice their hate, to voice their misery. But yeah. once they can get those feelings out and then they have someone alongside them that says, you have every right to feel that way. I can understand why you feel that way. That was mm-hmm. terrible. Then they are able to begin to think, you know what though? I am stronger than this. God is going to be walking with me. I can mm-hmm. forgive. They can say that. Once someone yeah, just looks freedom. at them and says, Mm-hmm. I can't believe that happened to you. That's so terrible. I don't, you know, that's the other thing in counseling. We don't sit there going, oh, you have, oh, that's terrible. Like we, we don't sit there like just letting them wallow. It's not about that. It's giving right. a person a safe, non-judgmental space for them to spill out the complexities of their heart. And when you do that, then you will find healing and it gets so much more clear, but the church cannot seem to handle all these emotions. They cannot seem to handle all the struggles of our children. They cannot seem to handle all the things that the world says. So then they just keep saying, pray more, do this, read your Bible as if it's going Mm -hmm. to go away, but it doesn't. And then our children grow up in this. And then they're like, this isn't for me. I'm too confused. (laughs) So... Now, a word from our sponsors. Now, let's get back to our program. We left off talking about addressing these topics as being taboo in the church. And, um, and there was a little bit of crackle on your end on what we were talking about. So let's just re- kind of recap. I know you can't verbatim say what we mm-hmm. were saying before, but um, just how, you know, we've separated the clinical from the spiritual and how important both of them basically are with, for, you know, with each other. 
Yes, they very much are. It's mm-hmm. it's just that, like I had shared before, that scripture is the ultimate, right? It yes. is yes. who we are, how we were made. It is what God wants for us. But the step-by-step step to get there, that's yes. where we struggle as people. Mm-hmm. And that's where the yes, church falls short so much in a, just a, addressing our needs here on this broken earth, in our broken bodies, mm-hmm. and trying to get to a better place emotionally and mentally and spiritually so that we can know God. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. that separation of the the discipleship, really. It's that mm-hmm. full full encompassing discipleship where it's not just here's some scriptures quote them it is let's break down this life because we have been bombarded since birth and then there's generational curses i mean there's just so many things that fall in line with things that have handed down to your parents the verbiage that we are handed down from our parents whether we know it or not um that contribute to our mental emotional well-being. I think it personally, I've watched it be um, contribute to how women see themselves enabled to homeschool, going back to the original conversation where Mm -hmm. they were like, well, I can't, I can't. Well, who says you can't? Who who told you that? Who put that narrative in your brain? And how can we get you to see that you are, if God called you to be mother, he called you to be exactly 100% all encompassing what your child needs in every single area of their life for it, for them to develop how he designed them to, to develop. Exactly. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I completely it, agree. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and I, and I just think it's such a God thing. Cause I've been seeing, and I don't know if you've, I'm pretty sure if you have been on any social media, obviously you've seen mm-hmm. it too, but I've been seeing this, just this weird kind of, um, just negative narrative and teaching here lately, pulling the body of Christ apart um, kind of in a a very condescending way where I think that it's adding to the, well, I don't know who can I turn to? Who can I, who can I, because I don't like that. I don't, well, I don't like that. And I don't like that. So Uh to have someone and I, and I don't want to, you know, puff pride or anything like that. But I, I honestly, when I saw your videos and how, just straightforward and educated and just um, loving they were. It was like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, That's it's just, so kind. It, it, it's, it, it, but it's so true and it's so needed. Have you noticed that? It, was that something that's kind of spurred you on to make the videos to begin with? It definitely, it's, it was more of just, did even, <laughs> like, you know what it is? My first and foremost goal when I who were seeking therapy for their children could get an idea, a feeling of who I was. In that way, it is very vision because I do believe that Satan works right now to divide us within our families. And when people are trying to look for help for their children, who are they trusting their children to? Right? right? Who who is talking to their child? And so that's where I started making the videos, but then as I started talking a little bit more about my faith, it just started snowballing from there. Mm-hmm. And the encouragement that people were looking for and the hunger and just more of, it's like what you said, if God calls us to certain tasks, he will equip us accordingly. Exactly. And, and that's where there's so much confusion and division and like, no, we need to do this or that. And I, I'm just not there. I'm like, no, God is not mm-hmm. what he meant for our families. This is not what he meant for our kids. 
And right now, especially because of the way that the education system is going, the um, political nature of our country and just yeah. the fighting and all of that, this is not, it is yeah. not for the to yeah. find answer so that we can keep together and stay together. And I'd like yes. to know, can I ask you, what was the first video sure. that you saw? Um, it was now that you asked me, I don't really honestly remember, but I know it was the one, um, one the one that comes to mind was how you were talking about, um, it was not like, I wouldn't say a rebuke. It was just be parents being careful on how you, um, address a certain topic for their, for your kid. I have to, I have to look back. I'll share it to you. Mm. I'll share it for you. Cause I saved it. I saved it. It's all in my TikToks <laughs> of something. Cause I've, I sent it to my, one of my cousins, who's a single mom. And, um, I sent it to two of my sisters who were also single moms. And, um, I was like, Hey, you, you should listen to her. She has some really great solid advice on how to, you know, just talk to your children, um, and keeping that open dialogue with your kids. Um, I went back and I, I had to scroll through a couple of videos. So it was one of your earlier ones. Mm. I, well, I, know I, that yeah. much. I know that much. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it's more of a blessing to know that what I'm sharing to other people, it encourages yes. me to keep going because mm -hmm. you just put stuff out there. I mean, sometimes I've gotten such wonderful feedback too, and that has motivated yes. me to keep going. And I feel myself feeling more bold to share. And, oh, yeah. um, and so mm -hmm. I'm very, very happy about that. Yes. I, I've, like I said, I'm extremely sassy, so <laughs> I have to rein it in quite a bit. Um, but I, I've noticed the, the, the ultimate need of speaking the truth just boldly and, and clearly no mincing yeah. words. Do you know exactly where you stand? Cause so many people have learned to manipulate the truth in a way where you're like, well, where do you stand? I mean, you said this, but it sounds like you don't really, you know, this, this, and this. So I think it's really important as believers, especially in this day and age for us to just be like point blank, straight line. This is it. I give yeah. grace to you as if you approach me, I will have grace because I know you're learning. I know we're in different seasons and different paths and yeah. all this stuff, but the truth is the truth and the truth. Um, I love Lisa Bevere's book. It's called adamant. It's like the truth is adamant. The truth is Jesus. He's a solid mm -hmm. foundation. He does not move. He does not bend to culture. He doesn't bend no. to opinion. It is the truth. The truth is the truth. And that's all there is. I can preach that truth with grace, but it's still the truth. And I'm not going to change the truth in order for that grace to be more palatable. That's um, right. So I, I think that there, there is a huge, there's a huge need, but also let me encourage you. My husband and I have a YouTube channel and we get all kinds of just hateful stuff. Most of the stuff my husband filters <laughs> out and, he, and he'll delete a lot of stuff, mostly because we're a biracial couple. Another because people think just because we're in Texas, we're extremely ignorant and all we care about is guns and barbecue. <laughs> and, and so we get a lot of, uh, just a lot of stuff. But I've learned over the years, you know, being a spirit-filled Christian, being someone who's been raised in the ministry and is a minister, most full-time minister on the side of teaching music. And of course, this business, like I said before, is a ministry. I've learned that when people comment uh -huh. on stuff, it's more of a gauge of you're getting, you're basically sticking your, your raw finger in a boiling pot of water, you know, mm. or, or a thing of water where you're not sure if it's boiling or not. You're, it's not that it's it's you 
it is the, it's the water. It's just the temperature of the, of the environment. And whenever you step into that, you're basically just Mm -hmm. revealing how bad the world actually is, um, Mm -hmm. how, how desperate they really are, how, um, how angry and how sad and just toxic it really is. So when it really has nothing to do with believers and that's why I tell believers, I'm like, don't take a break from Facebook. Don't take Uh a break. I mean, take a break in the, in the fact that you might need replenishing so you can come back in, but don't take a break. Like I'm fed up with all these horrible people. I'm like, no, it's like, yeah, Jesus dusted this sand off his sandals and he moved on and preached. I was like, but there's an opportunity here that, um, like Paul spent time in all these places. He spent time in Corinth. He spent time, time in Philippi because he knew that the people truly needed it because their minds were so distorted by the culture of their day that they needed the truth of God's word. So yeah. I, that's, that's mm. what, you know, whenever you see that, just like that first vial, just like, what? I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said uh-huh. that about my husband. You don't even know my husband. I can't believe uh-huh. you said that about my kids. Like uh-huh. you even mentioned my dog. What are you talking about? Like, like you just have these moments where you're just like, what is going on? It just, honestly, whenever the truth is revealed, the enemy shows himself, he shows himself. It's just mm. like lifting up the blanket, lifting up the covers and seeing the, the truth of what's really going on. Mm. Um, so, and, the, yeah. and in that moment, take that as, okay, I'm going to keep going. Cause obviously you need it. <laughs> mm. That's I'm, incredible. I'm not talking to, you know, I'm not talking to a bunch of believers we don't preach to the church i mean yeah we do disciple those who want to grow in the in the lord but we also want to reach the lost and 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 then right now the loss is ugly it's ugly out there yeah it's true (laughs) i mean that is so wonderful and i appreciate that i'm going to keep that in mind to just keep going Mm -hmm. because i'll tell you it's like some of the comments, it's exactly what you said exactly. Right. I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't know. And like, I, you know, the comments <laughs> yeah. that people put, they, they would write things like, oh, once your kids grow up, they're going to hate you. And I'm like, well, thank goodness they're already grown. Because I would feel really like just maybe insecure at that moment. But that's one of the reasons why I didn't get involved because I needed to focus on my kids. I needed to focus on what God had called me. And now that I'm mm-hmm. in it now, like you said, it's like boiling water. And I'm like, whoa, like people are just it's it's crazy looking it really is it really is and it's people honestly the people who are commenting well there's various ages but they're the what from what i've watched and noticed it's um people who are from 25 to 35 that really that border between before whatever gen z and millennials that like right Mm. there that transition age and yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing to me how, because even though they're so young, yeah. they have such a just, oh, I know how the world works and mm-hmm. you're wrong. <laughs> they, they have such uh-huh. a pride when it comes to um, their, their intelligence or lack thereof, um, yeah. that they have to spew such violence, but it's just because they're scared and they, you know, it's just like a, a rattlesnake. They, they rattle, but mm. you know, they're just saying I'm, I'm here, you know and anyways so um as we wrap it wrap it up i know this was a quick callback but mm-hmm. um uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of the things do you have any uh resources or do you have any or even stuff that you have used as a parent 
homeschool parent that really helped you out, or you personally have resources that people can use in order to get in contact. Cause that's what I always get the questions the most whenever I have people on that, they're like, well, where do I find her stuff? Where do I find her? So do you have mm-hmm. anything that out there available? Well, I have my website, my blog, it should be up. Mm-hmm. My son's been, my one son has been messing with it a lot lately. Cause he's been trying nice. to give a new one, but it's up there. <laughs> I have, I've, I write things as I feel. And I do mm-hmm. share my homeschool story and I'm putting more and more things on there as it get as I get more active. And it's just ruthhan.com, R-U-T-H-H-A as in Nancy, ruthhan.com. I'm also obviously very active on TikTok. That's my number one right now. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram, Ruthhan Therapy for TikTok and Instagram. Yes. And in terms of resources, and I am doing also a YouTube channel, but that's like, you know, something I'm trying to get. But for my <laughs> YouTube channel. I am planning on documenting my homeschool journey like as much as I possibly can, as much as I can remember. I never thought that I'd be on the internet sharing all of that, so I never took notes, you know? Right. But as people keep asking <laughs> yeah. me questions and it jogs back memories and like what I would have done differently, what I did do, and I'm putting that on YouTube mm-hmm. so that people can search for that. So that's there. But awesome. in terms of actual resources for mental health, for raising children, I always share book reviews on my TikTok and I put up little videos of it. And those are my top picks. And it's in a little playlist even. You'll see it says like book videos. And those are things that cover trauma. My favorite parenting book is up there. The Christian book I use is up there. As I talk about on TikTok, whatever book that I feel like best or mostly I agree with, I put up on there. So I always go to books first. Awesome. Yeah, I do too. I like having the just paper books because then I can write notes in it. I can stick paper like things that I need to know and cross-reference stuff. I, yeah. I'm a book girl. I love, I love my Kindle. I love, you know, audio books and stuff like that. But there's something about putting a pen to paper and writing it out in front of me, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have the Bible next to you. And you're yeah. just like referencing and you're, I'm like, okay, I need to um, get this to this and this to this. So I, I know where I thought that <laughs> yeah and where I put it so I yeah. I cross reference each other in in like if it's in the bible I say hey read that book remember I'll actually write it in the binding of my bible or stick a piece of paper that says remember you were reading this on that page and it made you think of this and mm-hmm. then I'll go back <laughs> I'll go back and read that book um, I have book uh-huh. stacks everywhere everywhere and everywhere yeah well that's like awesome homeschool family yeah yes like the homeschool yes. family have it everywhere like a tip- uh-huh. Yeah. Typical, yeah. typical homeschool. And that's, that's one thing um, uh, I learned early on and you probably did too, that um, you, no one homeschools the same No, um, because no one has the same children. No. And once I learned that and I knew mm-hmm. that I didn't have to get my kids ready by eight and be done by three and, you know, no. have sessions, I was like, so it was so freeing that I didn't have to stay to what I knew what school was in school, that my oldest son, he's very hands-on. You have to explain it to him. You have to do it and then show him and then do it. And then, you know, he has to, he's like, see, he's like a copycat learner. Um, and mm. he has to that have his hands on and he watches and then he does it himself. And then he watches and he does it himself. My old, my youngest, he just reads, he'll read it and be like, okay, I got it. And then mm, he just, yeah. <laughs> and then he just takes off. So he was a, he That's was a, a lot yeah. more, he was bored for the two years. Cause he was in homeschool. I mean, he was in public school for kindergarten and first grade. And so he would be in kindergarten and I get calls 
And they were like, oh, Miss, Miss Lolly, um, Aiden was yelling at the kids today in class. And I'm like, what do you mean he was yelling at the kids today in class? Well, we had to review the vowel sounds and he stood up in the middle of the class and he was like, we get it. A says ah, we get it. Can we move on? Like he was so frustrated that she had to repeat so many times. He was like, why can't y'all understand? Like he was so aggravated. Because once he hears it and once he reads it, he retains yeah. it. He, he yeah. has it. But of course, my I was like, yeah, buddy, but your brother was that kid who needed to hear it over and over and over again to reassure yeah. him. So I was like, yeah. every kid, I was like, this is why we homeschool. I was like, wait, I got to get you out of there, buds. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. And that's the thing, though. Like, his brother should have the time to be able to learn as he needs to learn. But then yes. why should he have to wait you know what I mean it's just like exactly kids are so different and you can't and I am even just as I get older when I was younger even when I was homeschooling because of my own insecurities around it and all of that I was always like well everybody just has to do what's best for them and all of that and all you know mm-hmm. kids thrive in different environments and yeah sure but I am even more convinced now more than ever that the mm-hmm. school structure it is just not beneficial for the vast right it's just it's just not it is not and I'm talking even like in a Christian education Christian school type of setting like I work in Mm -hmm. you can see the individuality of these kids you can see how they just learn differently you can see how just slowing down or speeding up would benefit certain kids and it is mm-hmm. such a blessing to be able to homeschool, to be able to give your child that. That's good. Well, thank you so much. I I just, I've enjoyed talking to you. This is great. I want to have to have you back on if that's oh, okay I'd love with you. To. Yeah, yes. I'd love to. It was great talking to you too. Yes. And if y'all um, uh, have followed and listened to this whole thing, I know life is crazy and you put a podcast down and you pick it back up. Um, if you, <laughs> sometimes you forget because mom brain sets in, but if you've listened to this whole thing, you know, go, um, follow Ruth Han and, um, follow, I'll put all the links that she mentioned in the description below, and I will be sharing her content and stuff, um, up until the week of her podcast. And then afterwards, cause I just like all of her videos. So you will be seeing her a lot lately, uh, in, in, in the near future as she goes through, I'll share a lot of her earlier stuff and the stuff that I've I've gleaned from, and I appreciate it as a mom um, who still has, is homeschooling. So thank you again so much, Ruth, for taking the time out of your busy Saturday and home improvements. (laughs) Thanks so much, Angela. I had a great time. Yes. I will talk to you very soon. You have a blessed day full of hope. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.